Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. There's a kicker. You pick your horse, I'll pick my horse. Ooh. Okay, I'll let you go first. I'll go with Elliot Press. It's now a 47-yard try for Elliot Fry, and he pushed it wide to the left. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? I'll take Eddie Pinheiro, then. Pinheiro try from 41 this week with the hold of Pat O'Donnell. That one good from 41. WGN's Adam Hogue, and from The Athletic, Adam Johns. And you know what? To be honest, I've had to go bad for the horse. Here they are. T-minus 10 seconds. The Adams. Yeah, baby, it's on! Five, four, three, three, and just like the Bears kicking competition, we still don't quite have a winner in the kicking bet that we made on this podcast. I'm rooting for Joe. But we do have a loser. <laughs> we do have somebody that I'm done betting you. You've won bets with Christian Hackenberg. And Eddie Pinheiro. Yeah. Eddie Pinheiro is actually the better pet. Than Christian went, Hackenberg? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, but I you, went with the underdog. I get it. You got to go back to the crux of the Christian Hackenberg bet. <laughs> it's not that... No, I, I don't want to hear about Christian Hackenberg. It's not that I thought he, he was a second-round pick. It was that I thought there would be a team dumb enough to draft him in the second and round. And they did. And they did. And no, I do not think Hackenberg's in the league. He, he played is. in the AAF like your boy Elliot Fry. Oh, Gosh, just synergy. Tons of synergy for, yes. for your betting prowess. You know, I think, uh, the, yeah, these bets all come back to the AAF somehow <laughs> in a weird, weird way. Uh, this is the Hogan Johns podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Uh, thanks for being patient with us. I know it's been a week since our last episode. But uh, this time of year in the preseason Weeks are jumbled and schedules are. Just How was your trip to New York? New York was great. Uh, the wife came with. We had a, a you know an off day in New York City, which was great. And you did it right. There was no reason to be there for the actual game, right? Well, which, I, but, but happy I, wife, happy life. Way I go, will Adam say Hall. when I uh, you know made the pitch to make sure I was going on that trip. I thought the starters were going to play because yes. they did last year they in this did. game. They did. And so, yeah, the game ended up not really mattering at all. But, um, hey, it was a good trip to New York. Yeah, the Big Apple. My wife had never been there, really? which is crazy. I've been to New York a lot. So she was really impressed that, like, I could uh, yeah, take the, Show one, around. the one train and to the four train or, you know, whatever it was. Oh, very good. Public transportation. We took subway everywhere. You can. That's the way you get around. Um, anyway, so we had fun. She enjoyed it, and uh, is I'm very confident she never wants to live there, though. <laughs> yes, I did not go. I watched the game with a nice glass of wine. Ooh, yes, took some notes, wrote something at night. You know, oddly enough, we were actually watching the game with wine too in the press box. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> About a whining. We could have. Yes, yes, there was plenty of whining. whining. Yes. Why are we here? <laughs> Damn it, Bray. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, hey. Marvin Hall. 
I don't oh. know who I'm impersonating, but... I don't I, know I, who you are either. I'm imagining, <laughs> just imagining the, the angst of the press row. There were some fun comments made. I G- think it... I think at one point, Dan Weeder turned to me and was like, who is that that made that play or something? <laughs> and I looked up from my keyboard and I just go, you're still watching this? <laughs> yeah. Look, jokes aside, these guys are playing for their jobs. But yes, when yeah. you sit that many starters, it does feel a bit differently. It should feel differently for everybody. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Nagy's approach to the preseason. and kind of What I'm more fascinated by is the reaction to the approach this year. It's a lot different than last year. There's an Aaron Rodgers comment. I'll look it up. I'll read it. Okay. I want to hear that. My best I don't Aaron Rodgers voice. Uh, in the meantime, read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. WG, uh, we already said that one. The Athletic. Theathletic.com and The Athletic app. Please rate and review the podcast. I did see Dion Miller. She took the uh, trip to New York, saw her in the press box, and she wanted to make sure everyone knows she did rate and review the podcast. Good. She also felt like we bullied yes, her. She doing yes, she did. Yes, she gave so like, hope to me in practice. Adam Hogue's a bully. I'm like, he is absolutely a bully. Don't take his crap. I almost, I almost swore. You it's can podcast. say that. It's okay. a podcast. Don't take his shit. <laughs> she didn't. She, she, uh, she got on me in the press box for it. I don't think I'm a bully. You're not. I hope I'm not. Um, anyway, so thank you, Dion Miller, for being a loyal listener and giving us all those amazing treats you give us at House Hall throughout the season. Because that would just be really dumb of me to bully her to the point that she stops feeding us the glorious food that she brings. Yes. She had a delicious thing the other day during the simulated game. Yes. What was it? Uh, it was delicious. It all is. That's what it was called. It was, it was called just delicious. De- just delicious. So um, you lost the kicking bag. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I think when I started to watch him, Elliot Fry, on kickoffs closely, everybody always focuses on the, the field goals and whatnot. But did you see him on kickoffs? He was like 25 yards back. I'm exaggerating, but not really. About 15 yards back behind the ball. Took like a running head start on his kickoffs. I'm like, oh, yeah, I might lose this bet. <laughs> but I'm, you, you saw in the preseason game, and he was practicing that way. He needed more power on his kickoffs. And we knew that Elliot Fry did not have as strong a leg as Eddie Pinero. Now, maybe his accuracy would be the difference, but once he started missing consistently, yes, my bet was looking quite bad. But what was fascinating was that it's not like Pinero had pulled ahead it's from true. a results standpoint. No. I mean, he made his kick the other night in New York. Fry missed his, but the week before, it was the opposite. So, I mean, really, from a results standpoint, in practice, it's been pretty even. It's been pretty much dead even. I would even argue that Pinero's misses have been uglier. Can I say it? Uglier. More uglier? That's how ugly... Is it it uglier or more ugly? I think it's uglier. Uglier. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like the miss he had last week at Soldier Field was... Looked uglier than Fry's miss in New York. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Even in practice. Holy Moses. Wasn't that bad. Maybe that's a result of his, his power. I'm just a make-believe kicking expert. Let's be clear. Eddie Pinheiro still has, uh, at least you admitted that, that you're a make-believe kicking kick expert. expert. Yes. Um, but you are our kicking coach. You're our official kicking coach yes, on the yes, Hogan Jaws yes, podcast. Yes. Let's not forget you were on the Casey Benarski train for a while here. You know how CBS has Jay Feely as like their kicking analyst? 
randomly in some games. Yes. Um, you you could get a job doing that. You should look at that ball flight trajectory. Like I'll be the sideline. Perfect line. fundamentals. You could join our Northwestern broadcast, and you could just be our. Who's kick your kicker? Who's the kicker this year? Yes, uh, Charlie Kubander. There you go. Do your research. Well done. <laughs> Do your research. Is this his third year? Yes, this is his third year. Um, I had to think about that for a second, though. I'm not quite in the Northwestern. It's coming up my ass, my friend. I'll get there by next Saturday. Stanford. You know I will. But yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, got to think about that for a second. Got to get back well, to the Well, we got so here. many kicking. I, we've seen so many kickers. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Charlie Kubander, if, if his name has entered my brain over the last, uh, what's it been since January? Yes. I could just see your, I saw your mind working there. Oh, John Barron, Casey Benarski, who else is there? Yeah, yeah I'm like, <laughs> what's going he, back in time? Like, that's what I was going to say. If, he, if his name has entered my mind during this. No, whole, that's not him. <laughs> Bears, this Bears uh, kicking competition, it's only because I'm wondering if Charlie Kubander could leave it a year early and get drafted by the Bears next yes. year. And here you are adding new names to yeah. Joey Sly. Who the heck is Joey Sly? <laughs> That happened. Yes. Last week at Soldier Field. Yes. Wait, who's this guy making a 55 yarder? Yes. I did know. Known as the swole kicker. I did know Matt Gay. I talked about him on this podcast. Oh, we talked to him at the combine. That the Bears, if they drafted a kicker, and it looks like the Bucks may have found their kicker in Matt Gay. And Cairo Santos. Carlos Santos. Yes. And uh, Carlos Santos could be a free man. Man, Nagy knows him from KC. I don't know if you want to go through that again, but... Yeah. I forget. Was he good here and then he got hurt? He was hurt here, like when he arrived. They, like, signed him hurt? They, they wanted to see if he could... Because he was really good at KC oh, for a couple right. of years. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't think he regained his strength. Maybe it's a bit different a couple of years later now. It was, what, three years ago? Yeah, that was in the... Uh, obviously, the John Fox era. Correct. Because he called so Carlos. Yes. Uh, it was a while ago. But, hey, I don't know if they're going to go that route. I would say, I, I actually still kind of feel good about my bet. Pinero? Yeah. Now that Kari Vedvik. Is it Corey or Kari? Kari. Kari, Kari Vedvik. Yeah. I heard, I, here I was watching preseason football the other day. Nothing wrong at, with that. They referred to him as Corey Vedvik a, a couple times, but... Was that an accident? Is, is, no, or, I don't know. I don't know. Is he their punter? Sometimes you don't know with these preseason. Players. Right now, he's their punter. Uh, he is punting too. Yes. And that is a clean pick by Kurt Fuller. See, sometimes that happens in the regular. It season. does happen. It does happen. So right now, he is their punter. So they traded a fifth round pick for their punter. I know Dan Bailey's been inconsistent. Yeah, but I think. He's still going to end up as their kicker, too, right? I don't know. He only kicked an extra point, I believe. Huh. That's a weird situation. That's a team who has had very, very prevalent kicking problems. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. The playoff game. Yep. Yep. Worse than, than here, I might say. Yeah, but it's been pretty tough now for a while. The Bears are are in that territory. Yes, they're entering Vikings the, territory in terms of searching for a kicker. The clown kicking college. Teams around the league. There's a number of them. Clown kicking teams. <laughs> there are. There are. There, there are. are plenty of teams that are having kicking problems. You, and that's the problem. You don't want to be. Uh, you don't want to be. You don't want a clown show out there. Yes, I get it. So uh, look, Eddie Pinheiro has an opportunity here. I, I, if he makes all of his kicks the next two weeks, 
unless there's a guy the Bears have been zeroed in on for months that just has not been available and comes available, don't you think Eddie would be the kicker week one? Yes. Yes. Now, if he struggles, he should know that he's still in a competition. I I feel like the Bears have made that pretty clear publicly. I'm pretty sure the message is the same internally. Yeah. I would also say if... um, I know it's a tricky situation, but if they're in another situation like they were before halftime in New York against the Giants, like maybe don't throw the ball 23 yards downfield or whatever it was. Oh, Chase Daniel, Javon Wims, down to the nine, you mean? Because you were really going to get a test out of Eddie Pinheiro there to see if he can make a deep field goal and it turned into a 27-yarder. Now, I get it, because you also want to see your guys execute that situation. Right before the half, and that Correct. Was, and and Chase Daniel talked after the game how impressed he was with Javon Wims. Then he caught the ball, In we, traffic. and we talked to Javon about this too. He's got to make a split second decision: can I get to the end zone or not? If not, down, got down, play was dead, and he immediately placed the ball down. Because sometimes Correct. you see these guys like spin it or do something stupid where they waste a second, and they they didn't have a second. They didn't have a second. Oh yeah, because yeah. they they clocked it with one second. Yeah, left. that. That was their reserves. And to me, that further illustrated the point of how much work they're putting in their situational stuff this yes. year. Because they've taken it to another step. Oh, yeah. I've never terms- seen... We've talked about this. You wrote about it. it. I've never seen a coach in nine years of Bears camp spend this much time on specific situations. Over and over. Both sides of the ball. Yeah. Both sides of the ball. When, when you're literally giving your defense sudden change scenarios where you're, you're mocking an interception... Like they get their three and out, and then you got to pull them back on immediately after a quick turnaround like that. That's it's next level stuff sometimes. Well, look, there's going to be continuously doing it because I think you saw last season there is going to be when you're a good football team, when you're a competitive football team, there's going to be multiple times this year where a game's going to come down to that. Whether it's clocking a ball to set up a field goal, or especially with or, the better schedule. Look, last year you had the you had the hail mary against the Patriots one week. You had um, even week one. The entire Dolphins game. (laughs) Yes. Everything in the Dolphins game. You had even week one against the Packers came down to the final drive, and it wasn't well executed. Um, Then the playoff game, it was well executed until the kick happened. You know what I mean? Like they, and I actually, there was a moment uh, in that last drive against the Eagles, there were a couple seconds there. I thought I thought it could have been crisper, you know? Yeah. So fair. Even though the passes were executed, and it, it, there was still a split second of confusion, it seemed like there. That's the kind of stuff that, all right, if the season comes down to that, we got to drill the heck out of it they're and auction it out of them, and and that's what they're doing. So it's been very impressive, and honestly, in a game where we're making fun of that nothing happened, that was that was pretty yeah, was impressive. Yes, that you had yes, backup yes. players, yes. but backups, but also important players like Chase Daniel, Javon Wims matter. Chase Daniel started two games yes. for you last year. He may have to start more this year. I might argue that Alex Bars is starting to to matter a little bit more. Okay, just throwing it out there. Do you have ever still in the kicker conversation? Any, I know. Any more? No. Go. What kind of insight do you have on that? Just just saying that he is starting to look. Here is a draftable prospect. Mm-hmm. Okay, serious knee injury. They slow played him in the off season program. Full go come training camp. And now he's one of your first reserves in in your simulated game. Yes, I know Ted Larson was number one. But an undrafted rookie was number two. Harry, he stands guy from Notre Dame. 
I'm just saying that this is a guy who's on a fast track now to make the team. 53-man roster. Interesting. So let's look at the offensive linemen then here. Obviously, Kyle Long, Bobby Massey, James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, Charles Leno. You have five there. Um, if you have Alex Barge making the team, is Ted Larson still making it? Yes. Okay. I would do Ted Larson, Alex Bars, and I don't know, give me one of those. Well, it's got to be TJ Clemens or Rashad Coward. Yes. It's not Cornelius Lucas. That's his name, right? Coward played better. Yeah, hurt, though. He did get hurt. I believe, oh, I believe I, Coward's got some practice squad eligibility, no? Uh, he should. Uh, obviously, last year they were worried about losing him if they tried to give him the practice squad. I think the Bears will operate similarly. Ooh, I can't Man, say words today. I'm having a tough day. <laughs> Press the button already. I don't know where it is. We don't. We don't need it. Holy Moses! Right, you on with that one? Okay. Anyway, just like the Bears operated with Javon Wims last year, Alex Bars is in that territory. I know he's got to join the active roster of a team if he's claimed off waivers. But he's not going to be like a starter. He could be one of your eight guys. He might be that good, that valuable. Teams may see that. So perhaps bigger discussion here. Sometimes we get a little ahead of ourselves. If you're, if you're that worried, not worried maybe is not the right word, but you want to make sure you keep Alex Bars around for the future, right? Because that's not a move for this year. No. Unless you look at him like a... He could be a capable reserve. I think he could develop into a capable reserve this year. But are you looking at him as Kyle Long's long-term replacement then? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Because that's that's a conversation that it's already out there. I mean, the guy restructured his contract to take less this year to stick around. He's got one year left. That's it. But then the money's gone. Yes. The guaranteed money's gone. Right? So he could be expendable at the end of the year. Which... Maybe now's the time to have this conversation about what happened last week. The helmet swinging. I don't. Rackus. I don't think Kyle Long did himself any favors with this. No. There. This isn't. This isn't Cody Parkey territory at all. But this is now to me twice that we've seen Coach Nagy, who I would call him a player's coach. I would call him a guy that's earned the respect from players, that they listen to him. But I think he's also shown that you do not want to cross that line. No. That he's got a tough side to him, that he's not going to put up with nonsense. And this this incident that happened last week, because we saw a fight the day before, that, that frankly I thought crossed the line. Yes. Javon Wims throwing haymakers at one of your starters right, in Prince of Mukamara. And Prince showed amazing restraint not to swing back, I thought. Um, but that's probably the difference between a young kid and a veteran who's been through it before. But you're swinging at a helmet, and you're losing your cool on a day where you weren't having a great practice. Uh, not a good moment for Javon Wims. You can't swing a helmet at anybody. It's, but that's the thing. Yes. This, this is different. Yes. I mean, Nagy, it looked like Nagy was going to throw Wims out of that practice. Then he brought them together. Shook their hands. They shook, they shook hands. hands. You know, probably understood that this is a young kid. He's got to learn. Then the next day, which I'm sure this got addressed to the entire team. They're like, okay, this is enough. Then the very next day, you have one of your veterans 
not only getting into a fight, but swinging a helmet. During a practice that you're putting, that you're stressing the importance of because you're not going to play him come the next preseason game. Or at all in the preseason. Yes, yes. Like those 60 snaps were extremely important. And you already lost Cody Whitehair to a finger injury. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Don't get us wrong. I think Kyle Long is extremely important to the Bears this year. Extremely might be an exaggeration, but he's, no, he's, he's important. Look, look, they, they, they need him. They were immediately running the ball better when he got back last year. Yes, yes. The tape shows that. Um, not know how well the playoff game went, but he's they're better with him in there. Yes, they need him. They're definitely better with him in there. They're, to me, there's still no question about that. I just, you know, we got to analyze this situation, and I just, I don't think... If there was already a risk of him being gone at the end of the year, the Bears moving on from him, this just obviously it doesn't help the situation. No, no, no. Two days prior to that, he got into it with Keem Hicks. Yeah. That's happened before, though. Yes, yes. And that's that's normal jawing. Yes, and we've seen this from Kyle Long in some capacity before, too. Punching Hirona's Crusoe in the face. I forget who he got into it with a couple of years ago where Ryan Pace and John Fox had to pull him off the field in training camp. Yeah. That was a different one from Crusoe. But he runs hot. He definitely runs hot. Hey look, have it. hey, look, these guys, especially on the line, they got to switch. They got to turn on and off for games and practices. I get it. I mean, that's just how it's. It's the nature of the business. It's a very tricky thing with some of these football players. But you still got to not cross the line, especially when you're you're going up against your own teammates, right? Yes. yes. But also, like, another reason. This, and I guess it would have been the same for Javon Williams if he was throwing punches in a game. But you swing a helmet at somebody, you're suspended. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you're, you're, you're not just kicked out of the game, but you're suspended. Yes. So that kind of stuff can't happen during the regular season. No. No. At all. So I think that's why it's sort of come to this. And, and, and I guess we haven't mentioned, for those that don't already know, I think most people probably do, but the punishment was that Kyle did not go to New York. Correct. Which may have actually been a good thing. For him? Kind of reminded me of... Uh, well, it's still a, a bad look for him. Right, right, right. Yes. But it, it, in some ways, it reminded me of... We had a producer back when I worked at The Score who got drunk and didn't show up for work the next morning, the night the Hawks won the Cup in 2010. Okay. And so they suspended him. So his suspension was on parade day. Didn't have to work. So he didn't have to go to work. He got to go to the parade. Yeah. And get drunk again. And who had to work for him? You. I did. (laughs) I worked a 12-hour day at... uh, some bar on Clark Street because the White Sox Cubs series was going on that weekend too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I worked at the cup to it. Entire day in Wrigleyville, which I hate. And uh yeah. That that suspension kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> I don't know if Kyle Long was I don't doing think it's the, the equivalent. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. it it made me think of it. But, but, when, but back to the original yeah. point is is that Alex Barr's He's just not some run-of-the-mill undrafted free agent. 
should not be viewed like that. I don't think other teams viewed him like that. I think he got one of the largest signing bonuses that the Bears dished out for the undrafted free agents this year. So they obviously value him. I would not be surprised if he makes the 53. All right. Uh, well, that's something to watch here is we, we kind of... I, I did want to go through some of these position battles. I mean, tight end is still very interesting to me. Ian Bunting make the team? He had a quieter week last week, right? Dax, I, I thought Dax Raymond. I think they purposely up. used him as a blocker more against the the yeah. Giants, but he made three special teams tackles. Yeah, that's significant. That's pressure on not only like the tight end mix, but that's when you start extending your competition to other positions. Your Kylie Fitzes, your Isaiah Irvings of the world, who need to show up on special teams to make the team. So the problem here, though, are you really going to keep five tight ends? I don't look at Bradley Sowell. Sowell. Sowell, he wants Sowell. Yeah. Bradley Sowell as a complete tight end. He's like a hybrid guy. We talked about this a lot. But do you still think he's going to make the roster? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so they're definitely keeping four tight ends. Right. So that that would be Burton, Shaheen, Broniker, and then you're saying Sowell. Sowell. And then one of Ian Bunting and Dax Raymond? The other Dax Ram is not making that team. It's either Ian Bunting or they're both on the practice squad. I, I would think Dax still makes the practice squad. Correct. Yes. Okay. And, and the one thing I, I would say people got to remember, everyone worries about getting them to the practice squad, but you have to remember this. If a team claims that player, they have to put him on the 53. True. He takes the spot of another guy. And so you're taking a guy that another team is saying was not good enough to be on our 53. Now, maybe that's the case for a team like the Bears that are first-place club. So maybe some other team like the Raiders could swallow that pill yes. and put him on their 53 if they think he's that good. But it's just now they're taking a player they haven't had in a single practice, and they're putting them on the 53. It's just it doesn't happen. It happens, but it doesn't happen a lot. No. Most guys clear waivers. Correct. Now, the other variable, though, is they do not have to sign. Like, he does not have to sign with the Bears. He could get an offer. He clears waivers. He could get an offer from a different team to be on their practice squad. That is true. And he can sign. We see that happen to, all the time as yeah. well. So, But again, I, I still think Bars is different. Okay. Fair enough. Um, back to the kickers real quick. Why? Because you haven't really said your... Uh, Opinion. Okay. Do you think it's Pinheiro or the field at this point? Do you think it's me winning the bet or Joe Romano <laughs> yeah, winning the bet? Yeah. You're going to end the podcast this way. Okay. Oh. What was that? Noise? I don't know. I don't know. That sounded like know. a whale. I feel like I expected. I got this question on one of our athletic comments. Like, why would you cut. Pinheiro and Fry when they're almost equal in terms of like their success rate, like tracking the kicks from camp to now. And I get that. Um, I said I think it would be fair to expect more perfect days, but people were saying, well, he's still around 86%. That's not bad. But he's still in practice. Like 80%, 86% over the season is a pretty good year. But like... I want so so my point being right now, going forward for Pinero, you gotta have some perfect practices. You can't just have 
two misses like you've been having. Like, cause we've, we've been seeing that a lot. Seven for eight, six for eight. It's time to be perfect in some of these practices when you're the only kicker out there. I'm with you on that. Like, that's the one thing I've been, I feel like, most disappointed about in these guys is I just feel like anything under 45 in a practice to me should be made. Yes. For under 40 should be always automatic. 45 to me in these practices, when there's not a real rush coming at you, exactly, it should be automatic in like, the NFL. It, it, we're talking about the NFL. Like, if you miss from 58, fine. Okay, fine. Yeah. They push you all the way back there. We've seen Eddie Pinero make 60 yards. If you miss that, fine. But you're right. There's a certain distance where he's got to be near automatic. And in practice, when there's no rush, pressure is now minimalized because you're the only kicker. Let's have some perfect days here, Eddie. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, so, I, I li- but I like what they're doing because they they obviously made the they made the call that Elliot Fry was not going to win it. I mean, that's what this is. That's how you word it. He's not. He was not going to win it. They made that determination. So, bye. And now Eddie Pinheiro gets all the kicks. To me, it makes sense. I mean. It's already been kind of difficult to get these guys kicks in the game, like a large volume of it. So now you still have two games left. And I like I, I, I like I hinted at before, I'd be a little careful about some of these situations to make sure that you get the, the, the actual test. Because to me, at this point, it's already been the most important storyline in the offseason. And it, well, I guess maybe Mitch's development's more important, but... You get what I'm saying. Yes. It's still. Let me put it this way: it's still the biggest weakness on the team. That's fair. Which is no different than when they went into and the true. playoff game. Yes, and, and that's to me the biggest concern about this season is your biggest weakness is still your biggest weakness. It has not been fixed yet. Now it could. It could. Maybe Eddie Pinier. I, I don't even think we'll know if it's even fixed until week five, week six. We, we saw Cody Parkey have ups and downs, and you're feeling good about him, and then he completely double doinks his way out of town. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think. Although there were early signs, yes, yes, there, there were there were early like signs. week three. Um, Mitch, oh, Mitch takes that sack. Remember, he took that sack in the red zone, and he he looked the wrong way for his hot read. He took the sack, backed up the kick to like forty seven. Yes. It, it would have been from you know I think they were at the thirteen yard line. He got backed up to a forty seven yard, and, and they got zero yeah. points out because oh. because he missed the kick. Now. That gets back to our point. That should still be a made field goal in the NFL, but that was an early sign of uh oh. Yeah, this might be. And, a and then you had the game where you had to upgrade what three times against the Lions, four, four times, which is amazing. Quadruple doink, amazing. Yeah, the Bears beat the hell out of the Lions that day, but Cody Park like that was a. Wasn't that the Holy Moses game? Yeah. It was Holy Moses from two years ago. I'm not sure. I think... Yeah. Holy Moses. I'm not sure. I forget now. Uh, no. Yeah, I think that was two years ago. Doink. You want to hear this quote from Aaron Rodgers on the preseason? Yes, I do. You teased me with it. Oh, it's long. Oh, uh, you got to read. Let's see here. The preseason. I don't I, get an Aaron, Give me an Aaron Rodgers voice. How would you do it? Um, the preseason. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, the preseason. No, I uh, can't the pre- do it. Okay, yeah. the preseason. You don't carry those those wins over to the regular season. 
I do find it interesting that some teams get a pass this time of year. The Rams don't play anybody, and not many people talk about that fact. Now the counter would be, well, this is a new system. I get it. But we've spent a number of practices from May and June in training camp in July and now in August running this stuff, running unscripted periods where he has to call the play in. I feel very comfortable in this offense, conceptually, philosophically, enunciating the plays, getting us in the right formation, getting the checks within the play easily figured out. I feel very comfortable with it. If we didn't play, I'd feel great going into week one. If we did, I wouldn't really be worried too much about the results. All in there. So basically, there's a debate up in Green Bay whether or not Aaron Rodgers will play in the preseason, and he is completely leaning towards the Nagy point of view. Didn't mention the Bears, of course. Why would he do that? Yeah. But that's where he sides. Oh, I got a back issue. I, I can't a- play. <laughs> that's it. that's I don't blame mind. these guys. Yes. I mean, they come up with... Uh, heck, I, I think this part of this... this uh, Antonio Brown ridiculousness oh. <laughs> has to do with this. Yeah, like I don't think he wants to play. I don't think he wants to practice. Yeah. I think he wants to show up week one and play. Now he's taking it to a whole new level. Like clown show. But... Yeah, holy moly. Yeah, holy Moses. I mean, that. If only there was some way to know <laughs> that he could be a cancer in the clubhouse. Yes. And that maybe... You shouldn't trade for him and then give him a massive contract. If only there was any evidence, some type of historic or his, yeah. reference if to only, this, you know, or pictures of him with yellow mustaches, like one of the better franchises in the NFL, letting him walk away just fine, yeah, see, no uh, problem. Enough is enough. Not even getting that much in return for him. Like if that wasn't a red flag, I don't know what else would have been. I mean. I used to really be a big fan of his, you know, six-round pick. But Central Michigan becomes this superstar receiver. Amazing player. Number one overall pick in so many, you know, fantasy drafts. Then what the heck? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're going to talk about, we've already, the Raiders have already become a comparison point for the Bears because of the Khalil Mack trade. But it's only getting worse. And when you look at, the way that these two franchises are building their, I mean, the Raiders are having culture. no problem. Yeah, culture. Go, having no problem going after guys like Antonio Brown, Richie Incognito, Vontez Perfect. I mean, they, they've gone after a lot of these dudes. Well, they're sticking to their old, you know, bad boy Raiders mantra there. But still, this is a different era of football. And for the Bears, it's been completely opposite. We don't have turds on this team. But that's not just like a you know a good quote from Nagy, which yeah. it is. Now don't get me wrong. I, I, think, think, I think some the Bears got some guys to manage still. Sure, but nothing like this. But it has been a focus point from day one for Ryan Pace to improve the culture of the team. It's why Martellus Bennett was gone. It's why Brandon Marshall was gone. Um, so. It's just kind of fascinating to watch these two franchises the way they're handling this. It's like you traded away Khalil Mack, who is by all accounts like could not be more of a polar opposite who is of Antonio 100% Brown. One hundred percent happy to be in Bourbon A. Yeah. Well, I don't know about it. I don't know if anyone's one hundred percent. But but this guy's sprinting from drill to drill to drill. 
It's a fact. It's a great point. And he's all in every day. Max effort every play. And he doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't say a lot. He just does a lot. Is a 100% professional. Allen Robinson, who's a wide receiver at a diva position, where all these, I mean, it seems like 90% of these guys are divas. Might be the... Right, right up there with Khalil Mack is the biggest professional on the entire team, maybe even more. Big season coming for him this year. I Book think, it. I think so. Over a thousand yards. I think so. Um, you know, at some point in the next two weeks, I want to talk about. We don't do a lot of fantasy football talk on this show, but I, I do want to talk about the fantasy impact of some of these players. Okay, because the Bears have a fascinating team. Yes, they do. Like how Co- Tariq Cohen's gonna be split with David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, lot of Burton, people, yeah. a lot of people think Anthony Miller is gonna have a breakout year, which I tend to agree with, but to a point. But what about volume? Because yes. Taylor Gabriel is still expected to go out there and catch sixty five passes. You know what I mean? So from a fantasy perspective, I feel like you know who's gonna be like a T- TD hogging machine. Here, here's my bold prediction already for this year. Mike Davis? No. The vulture? No, 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 no. I, to be honest with you, David Montgomery is going to be a vulture. And Adam Shaheen. Adam Shaheen. Yeah. Red zone vulture. Well, he could probably be the vulture of Trey Burton. Like, Burton's, That's fair. Per, yeah. Burton's probably going to catch him down the practices. field. Yes. He's, he's going to yeah, catch a lot of balls. But Shaheen's going to be one with six or seven touchdowns if he stays healthy. I think you're right. I think that's a good point. So we'll get in. We sh- we can get into more of this next week, especially because the uh, let's be honest, some of the 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 talking points as we get closer to the season are are uh, wearing down. Yes, we we'll probably need to start diving into the Packers next week. That's little, fair. Let's do it. Bit, a little bit. Um. All right. We do another podcast this week or not? What's going on? It's up to you. Because the game's on. the game's not till Saturday. We could pull something together. Yeah, I might have to. TBD. We'll let you know on Twitter um, with that. But, you know, look, it's uh, time to start talking about the Packers, I think, a little bit. It feels like that's where the Bears are. We'll work on our uh, Aaron Rodgers impressions. Personations. Might have to. I don't know. But... You know, we're working on, we're, these guys are working very hard um, to, to conclude this final lap of the preseason uh, tomorrow night against the Saints. And we will proudly stand as a 90 15 for the history of the Green Bay Packers when we kick Chicago. Like McCarthy, everybody. That was like five years ago. It was. 90 15? Yeah. Was it last year their 100th season? Yeah. September 4th, Houndstooth Saloon. Be there. The beers are going to be $4. All the food on the menu, $6. Wow. You want a good deal. Very good deal. September 4th, Houndstooth Saloon. The night before Bears Packers, we're going to be there with a live show. Make sure you are there. Really looking forward to that. Follow us on Twitter. Read us. Rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. We appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next time. September 4th. Well, that's not the next one, but just be there September 4th anyway. Got it? See ya. Gotta love preseason football.